There are many sports podcasts out there, but only this one is right on. We jump out west to the NFC West, and we start with the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals today on the Ride On Sports Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Right On Sports Podcast. Nothing has changed since the last time you listened. I am still Kyle Wright, and I am here with my co-host, Marcus Weisner. What's going on, Marcus? What's going on, Kyle, man? I'm ready for this weekend coming up. Got some big plans, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've been working in the sun all weekend, or all week, so I'm ready for the weekend so I can get out and play softball in the sun. Or in the rain, you know, whatever works. Honestly, I would take... I don't want it to be as bad as it was last weekend when we pretty much played underwater, but I, I would kind of like this to be a little bit rainy. You know, like it's been so hot this week. It's been in the 90s all week. Why wouldn't I want a little bit of rain on this on this coming up tournament? I agree, man. I absolutely agree. All right, guys, before we get rolling today, as you, are, as you heard in the intro, we are starting the NFC West. We are done with the North, AFC and NFC. We are shifting to the West. We're going to start with the Seattle Seahawks and Arizona Cardinals today. But before we get there, we want to shout out one of our great sponsors and one of the one of the uh, providers of one of two of our best gifts in the uh, Father's Day giveaway, which Marcus will plug here in a second. KL Skaggs Heating and Air LLC. All right, guys, as I mentioned a few seconds ago, it is 90 degrees outside already. It is June what are we're recording this on like june 11th but man that means it's gonna be a long july a long august september hell december you guys know how florida is it'll be 90 degrees on christmas day so just make sure everything's in work in order if you have any problems at all or hey even if you're in new construction and you need somebody to come do the ac in that house KL Skaggs heating and air llc 850-238-5414 all right, Marcus, I mentioned a second ago about the Father's Day thing. I want you to tell everybody where they can find who won. So we're going to um, – we announced our winners on our previous episode, um, actually on June 11th, the Thursday episode. Uh, this is with the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> and the- Today. <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, 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 today. You know, we like to be prepared, you know, space our time out because, you know, we're we're fathers ourselves and we've got busy work schedule, things like that. So, you know, we space our time out appropriately. Um, but yeah, so on June 11th, uh, we, with the Steelers and the Bengals segment and in the middle of it, you will actually hear who we, who won what prize, um, on Friday, the 12th and Saturday, uh, we're going to be communicating with those individuals to let them know, Hey, this is the prize you won. you know, get with Kyle and I, you know, if you live out of town, you know, get the appropriate address so we can send you those gifts that you, that you guys won. So again, for everybody that participated that shared, liked the whole nine yards, thank you guys so much for what y'all did. Uh, it means a lot to Kyle and I for it, and we're—it's not going to be our first and last. You know, we're going to be doing more uh, prizes and giveaways throughout our time here, as long as you know we continue doing this podcast. All right, as we said, we are doing the Seattle Seahawks today, and we have a longtime friend of mine on the phone right now who is going to be on here to talk about the Seahawks with us. Old Danny Gibb, what's going on, Danny? Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, fantastic over here. We miss you down here, though. I got to tell you that much. Yeah, I I miss the weather down there. So, Danny, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, I I grew up in uh, northwestern Montana. So, you know, Montana's not really known for big sports teams. Uh, 
professional wise. Um, so we always, my dad and grandpa and everybody, they always rooted for the Seahawks. And uh, my sophomore year, uh, high school, we we moved down to Panama City Beach, Florida. So that's pretty cool, man. So uh, what made you become a Seattle fan? Just because you know, obviously from Montana, you know, did anything spark interest? Because we've had a couple of Utah uh, people from Utah. And they, you know, one was a Vikings fan and one was a, a Steelers fan. So I was just, you know, it's pretty interesting to see that. Yeah, just uh, just mainly uh, family relations. You know, I like I said, I grew up, uh, you know, grandpa was always a fan of the Supersonics and Seahawks and, you know, Mariners. And, you know, it just kind of grew into that. You know, they being in the Northwest, there's not much to look forward to out there. So we just kind of. Most people out there in the area I was from, it was either Broncos or Seahawks, one of the two. So, I think you chose the right one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys actually have a tight end that's from, I, I just remembered, a tight end from Montana, old Will Disley. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I All remember. Right. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I, I remember my, my junior year down in Panama City Beach playing Florida at Arnold High School, a lot of the, the coaches, uh, you know, they had, um, you know, uh, sons that had played for Middle Tennessee, and they used to always uh, give me give me some stuff on the side, you know, that the, the Grizzlies used to always come down there and kind of mess things up. You know, they were they were definitely known down there. Even being a, a Division One A Double A school, you know, they definitely had some. Uh, some ring to their name around the around the country they had some recognition so that was pretty cool i always thought right right the only thing wrong with danny is he's a gator fan hey you know everybody can't be perfect <laughs> yeah yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's get into this uh to the seahawks here danny i want to ask you this first question here that we sent your team your team did pretty well overall last season they were ranked as the eighth best offense in the nfl in total yards but we didn't see that usual pizzazz on the defensive side of the ball from them. They were 26th in total or total yards allowed. They did end up going 11 and five. They made it to the divisional round of the playoffs. Were you satisfied with your team's overall performance last year? Uh, personally, no, not at all. Um, you know, I, I I remember watching so many games last year, just more than anything, just shaking my head. Um, you know, uh, when you when you look at the things on paper, you know, you look at their offensive yards per game and how much they gave up defensively, um, it just wasn't impressive, you know, for being uh, an offense that was ranked number eight, you know, in uh, uh, total offense. When you when you watch the tape, it just it didn't reflect that, you know, the, the defense was atrocious, um, you know, and even though we we put up the numbers uh i i just i i feel like they were inflated um you know a lot of games playing from behind um you know we had four games that were decided by two points or less two of those games being by one point uh we had back-to-back weeks where we were playing in overtime um we had five losses four out of those five losses were at home um we just uh, we just got lucky is is how I feel about it. Um, based on their performance from you know like I said, if you watch the tape and what you've seen, it just doesn't seem to reflect those numbers offensively. You know, yeah, I just to you know, I kind of felt like we were the, the 
speaking as like an organization, we were like the Jameis Winston. You know, if you look at it on paper from outside, it looks amazing. But, you know, when you start to break down and analyze everything else, it was just, it was a fluke, really. That's that's my opinion. So, hey, you know what's crazy is um, you mentioned that the, the overtime games. One of those was to the Buccaneers, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head, you guys won because old faithful Jameis Winston threw a pick six to Seattle. So I mean, yeah. hey, mm-hmm. it happens like that. But when you look at the the rankings of the offense, you guys were ranked. I think it was 13th or 14th in passing, but you guys are ranked fourth in rushing. I, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. that's that's a crazy because, I mean, you got to think of the running backs you had. You had Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, you had Russell Wilson running with the legs, and you had Marshawn Lynch. I mean, you there none. Of, I mean, as far as like a, a tier one running back, you guys don't really have that. I mean, uh, Chris Carson ran, I think it was like 14, like 13 or 1200 yards, something like that. So he was he ran with the volume. But like I said, you feel like you were shortchanging. You, stats are one thing, but performance is another. You know, and 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 if you look at if you look at last year, um, but then then if you compare last year to the year before, you know, you you see improvements with Carson, but he still led the leagues in in fumbles. You know, which was his big issue in in 2018. They were unsure if they were going to be able to trust him and and keep giving him the ball because he he couldn't hold on to it. And Obviously, yeah, this year it, it looked better because he didn't fumble as much, but he still led the league uh, in fumbles. And um, it, it, a lot of the offense this year was, was such a toss of the coin, I feel. It just went, you know, it, it was 50-50. Um, you know, you look at, like like you said with Carson, you know, he, he statistically, fantasy-wise, you know, yeah, he did he did amazing, but he still has a lot of, you know, room uh, where he can improve. Um, you know, he was the 10th overall most efficient back in the league this year. But if you really watch the game tapes, you know, um, it just it would, it didn't seem very consistent. You know, he'd have a big week and then kind of an off week. And it just, you know, all around, you just you, you look more for that consistency. So especially holding on to the ball. I mean, the running back, that's your, <laughs> you know, that's your job. And uh, you know you gotta you gotta tote the rock. You know you can't be giving it up and giving the other team all those opportunities. So, absolutely. And before Marcus, before you ask that second question, I'd, I'd um, I'll throw it to you right after I hit this. But I, I just want to talk about Chris Carson just for a sec. I, I really like the guy. He's very very athletic. He does have a problem with fumbling. I feel like he is kind of like Dalvin Cook in a sense where. He has potential to be a top 10, maybe even a top five back in the NFL if he could just stay healthy and hold on to the ball. Marcus, take a sip of that first. Yeah, yeah. You're good. Uh, So second question, man. Seattle made a statement by addressing two key areas that I noticed from the offseason moves, offensive line and secondary. Surprisingly, you signed four offensive linemen, and you you traded a fifth-round pick to the Redskins, uh, you picked up, according to Pro Football Focus, the second-rated quarterback in 2019 in Quentin Dunbar. Uh, out of those two areas, what would you consider was the bigger concern for you? Well, I I really, um, when when I had first saw the question, I, I, I kind of went back and forth on it the more, the more that I thought about it. Um, I spent quite a bit of time thinking about that question. Um, I, I would have to say the, the offensive line. 
is is the biggest thing. I know our our defense, um, you know, obviously that's a, a major uh, pickup, you know, asset to our to our defensive side. Um, there was just, you know, going back to the the offense as as a whole, um, the the offensive line was just so so up and down. You know, if you look at Chris Carson, you know, he was the 10th most efficient running back in the league. If you look at running backs that had fewer than 100 carries last season, um, Rashad Penny actually ranked first on a a per-play average basis. He was the most efficient. But then you look at the other side of the coin, and Russell Wilson was the, the second most sacked QB in the league this year. Um. And I don't know if that's strictly due just because of his his you know his mobility and now you've got so many other teams that are just in the league that have these mobile QBs and defenses are game planning towards them. But overall, uh, I think that Quentin was a, a, a great pickup. Uh, do I think that he solely is going to just change the the defense as a whole? I don't know. I think he's he's going to make uh, an impact for sure. Uh, but I think is you know if I had to choose one or the other, I would definitely say I think the offensive line. If we can if we can keep Wilson from getting sacked so much, we can get more time in the pocket. You know we've we've got great running backs. You know um, if we can just keep pounding that ball, um, I I think that that's more more valuable when you're when you're analyzing the the two different subjects. So absolutely, I want to echo that too russell wilson is a guy who really since he came into the nfl has been getting sacked so 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 much and it's good to see them finally taking these extra steps to get him some protection and i hope it works out because he's a guy that i want to see play for another 10 15 years if and he has the ability to do so he's a very athletic guy and i also want to talk about the defense just here for a second before we move on to this next question I feel like Seattle lost a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Not only did they lose to Davian Clowney, who we're going to talk about here in just a second, but I mean, they also lost the Griffin brothers uh, and they lost a couple other pieces as well. And I, I kind of worry about losing big pieces of a defense that was ranked 26th already. So we'll see what this year is going to be like for sure. I don't have it affecting them too much, but moving on. So we've heard a couple rumors uh, coming out of Seattle, one of them being that the Seahawks are willing to pay $15 million to get Jadavian Clowney back this season. And the second is that Russell Wilson has advocated and really wants Antonio Brown on the Seahawks. Would you like to see either one of these two moves play out? You know, if so we'll talk about Clowney first. Um, obviously, the guy's talented. Um, you know, he's physical. He's fast. If you look at his his career, if you if you look at the averages, uh, and, and it, even if you just you know, let's just discard his his first season because he only played I think it was three or four games, um, but but the previous seasons you know he's he's played upwards every season of fourteen, thirteen, you know, fifteen games per season. Statistically, you know, if if you're just strictly looking at the numbers on paper, um, the last season was just horrific compared to his normal self um you know he he played 13 games um but he only had 21 solo tackles with with three sacks and combined he had 31 tackles overall um 
that's literally almost, if, if you take the averages of all his other previous seasons, minus the very first season, he's he's performing at just under 50% of the numbers that he's put up in the past. Um, the fact that they didn't choose to place a tag on him worries me. Uh, I think that has to play in with the, you know, you just be, you end up getting a disgruntled player that doesn't get what they want, and you're worried about their, their performance. Um, for that much money, you know, we've got at the end of this previous season, we had we had nine defensive linemen on our team, and six out of those nine are defensive ends. We've got a lot of young guys um, on our squad. You know, we've got Green and Collier and Ford, and you know, we just got Brooks. Um, and 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 Pete Carroll is very good with with utilizing um, you know uh, speed rushers. You know, which unfortunately they've they've kind of had to adapt to, you know, playing catch up ball or or just prevent defense. You know, you're not right. you're not playing load the box, and we're we're trying to stop Derrick Henry from running out the clock. This is truly, you know, we need to get pressure on the QB. We need to keep them from moving the ball down the field and scoring. Um, so I just think in, in that particular situation for that much money, I think. As great as a player he is, I think that we're better off just just severing the ties and 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 just spending that money elsewhere. I like that opinion. What about Antonio Brown? You know, Antonio Brown from if you just look at him from a, a pure football perspective, I mean, he is the he's the you know the creme de la creme. He's amazing. But I look at him like I would look at just any other employee in any other profession. You know, you know, you got a you got a guy on your crew whether you're doing construction or working a restaurant and they're just they're they're amazing but their their personal life starts to seep in into their work life um there's no questioning his talent and his ability uh but mentally i would think that seattle would be the the perfect spot for him i think that Pete carroll is a, a smart enough and patient enough uh guy i think russell wilson is very humble i think if he was to land anywhere that seattle would be the the ideal spot for him but we've got so much young talent on our roster you know and we've got uh you know lockett's finally starting to come into his own we've got metcalf who's just a freak of nature you know we've got dj moore and and even till today, I forgot, you know, we've, we've still got Josh Gordon, you know, and if that kid can keep his head clear for more than five minutes, he's a, he's a great asset to the team, five you minutes. know, um, <laughs> but I just, I, I think that we're offensive wise, we're, we're treading in clear water right now. And I think if you, if you bring Antonio board on, you know, Antonio Brown on board, I think you're just, you're, you're risking muddying up the waters. You're, you're going to risk the, the development of your younger players. You're, you're going to get an actor, you're going to get a diva. Um, I just don't see where he would fit in, you know, because if he comes in and he's not the, the center of attention, that there's going to be issues. And I personally, I just don't think it's worth going through all that trouble just to cater to one person when it's a, it's a team sport, you know, you got to keep everybody happy. So. Yeah, I, I agree with the Antonio Brown thing. I mean, Again, if you look at the talent-wise, his last first, you know, full season, the dude was phenomenal. I mean, there's there's no questioning what he did on the field. Um, Javen Clowney, I think you guys should be able to pay him because $15 million for if he's even 80% of what he was, I think, is pretty good value. Uh, there's just 
the the market for some defensive ends, whether they're good or not, I mean, is increasing. I mean, look at the deal that Robert Quinn got. I mean, Robert Quinn got a good deal. That's pretty much fifteen million a year. And you're tell you're pretty much saying that like Jadavian Clowney is on a pay scale worse than Robert Quinn, and anybody's gonna laugh at you about that. Um, I think fifteen yeah. million for, for for one year, like, hey man, like we know we want you back for one year, you know, hey, come with yeah. us and then you know, if he gets that, you know, contract extension, proves that he's healthy, proves he can do another full full season and you know, boost those numbers up from a twenty sixth ranked defense, you know, they could be thirteen and three. You know, they got a very tough division this year, which we're gonna talk about schedule later on, but they have a very tough division. So overall, oh yeah, yeah, clown, clowny. I approve with that. Ab. I mean, I don't think anybody's gonna touch this man. It's just personal opinion. But just if, the, if uh, we could go ahead, Danny. You first. Oh, if it, you you know if we if if we can you know and a lot of this you know that we don't see I think from an outside standpoint is you know I mean. I don't mean to bring up a different sport or anything. You know, you look at you know, somebody like LeBron James, you know, it's a lot of things, watch, you know, watch even your damn mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, location, you know, location plays a factor and whether or not a, a player is content with, you know, his, his personal life where he is, if, if they were able to, to truly come to an agreement with him and make him happy and feel confident that they're they're going to get that that Jadavion Clowney that was knocking off helmets back in college, or or just at least give that same effort. Um, I I agree absolutely. Um, there's there's a market for him, you know. Um, I don't think that we we need to get into a big uh, bidding war and, and necessarily break the bank to get him. But if if we can come to him in agreements with something that's reasonably, you know, on the financial side, then yes, ab- absolutely. So, I mean, he's a he's a monster, and you look at uh, he was he was so disgruntled with the with the Texans, you know, because they they had shifted him to a outside linebacker position, and uh, he feels like he got stiffed financially, and you know, it's, it's all about, you know, you got to keep your employees happy, you know, so if they can make him happy and get his full potential, then I think he would be a force to be reckoned with. So. And just a little side note on Clowney, and then I'll let you go, Marcus. He actually did turn down a, I think 17 or $18 million offer from the dolphins. So go ahead, Marcus. And he turned down a deal from the jets as well. Mm, I don't blame him on the jets. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So let's talk about some people that I noticed from your from who you drafted. You drafted two people that I think might be potential starters based off of your your team uh, in the fourth round, particularly Colby Parkinson, tight end from Stanford, and DJ Dallas, running back from Miami. Uh, Parkinson, he's a six seven tight end. He was second team All Pac twelve. Finished his junior year with zero passes or passes dropped. DJ Dallas was one of only two running backs who finished top ten in missed tackles per rush and per reception of those two, who would you feel would contribute to your offense sooner than later? You know, that's, that's another thing I've been, I've been driving myself nuts for days now um, trying to think similar to the, the Quentin Dunbar and the, and the offensive line question. Um, but ultimately um, it, it came down to Parkinson for me, in my personal opinion. Uh, you know, if you look at uh Pete Carroll's history since he's been with the Seahawks, the, the, the tight ends that they've, they've gone after and they've, they've had, you know, we got Zach Miller, Jimmy Graham, Luke Wilson, Will Disley, and 
you know, when I, when I think six foot seven, the first thing that pops into my, my mind is Jimmy Graham, you know, and just the, just the height alone. And then you combine it with the, with the college career and the consistency. I mean, it just, it's, it's something that, you know, an offensive coordinator drools over and, and it gives defensive coordinators nightmares. Um, I'm not saying I don't think that DJ couldn't be productive given Carson and Penny's injury history, given Carson's fumble history. Uh, we, we, we still have, you know, Carson Penny. We, we just signed Carlos Hyde, who I'm starting to wonder if he's related to Frank Gore because he still posted a thousand yards rushing last year. Um, Did he but really? as far as a player, yeah, it was uh, just over. I think it was a thousand seventy one or something like that. But he he had a thousand yards a uh, year last year. I mean, and you know he's he's thirty this year. But as far as a, a direct impact right out of the gate or you know mid season between the two, I, I would have to go Parkinson. I think that Pete Carroll's going to find ways to really utilize him. Um, you know, Will Disley, he's a great player, but his first two seasons, he's he's only played ten games. You know, I know he had the nasty injury last year, um, you know, and, and DJ, but DJ's a, a sleeper too. Um, you know, I was looking at him and, and he split carries last year at Miami with Cameron Smith and, and still had just shy of a, a total, you know, thousand yard season, 10 touchdowns. I mean, that's, that's just a, another, you know, another great asset to the team. He's a little bit, you know, he, he fits the, the Seattle profile. I wish that we would go more with the, the thunder and lightning approach. You know, DJ's five foot ten, two 217 pounds, which he'll probably drop some of that. Um, but as far as the direct impact, um, I, I think that Pete Carroll gets Parkinson involved immediately, especially with his height. You've got DJ Metcalf, who is just a, he's, he's a, he's a tight end in a wide receiver's body. You know, and just the thought of, you know, in goal line, red line situations, having those two lined up on the same side of the field on the outside is just, like I said, that's a that's a defensive nightmare right there. So, Absolutely, man. You know, Parkinson, I was actually just looking up what he did at Stanford. And a little side note here, Stanford uh, skill players seem, when they come out pretty highly touted, like especially like this guy did, you look at guys like Andrew Luck, Christian McCaffrey, they seem to always have success. So, I mean, I really oh, – yeah. uh, I, I think that he could be immediately some somebody who's used in an offense, especially with guys like Luke Wilson and Will Disley who, who are good tight ends. But, you know, Disley was never really a catch-first guy, and neither was Wilson. No, and no. And both of those guys are injury prone. And now you you give Russell Wilson a big, big target on the goal line. I mean, you tell me that this guy is going to have DK Metcalf on one side and possibly a six seven tight end on the other. That's dangerous yeah. stuff, man. And then you got you know you got a handful of backs to run it in the middle. And uh, I've I've questioned a lot of Pete Carroll's you know tactics and decisions over the years, but I I do have confidence in him that. He he does know how to uh, to utilize players to to their best ability, you know. Um, and I just like you said, you know, how do you how do you keep a kid who didn't drop one pass his senior year, who's six foot seven, he's super athletic. I mean, you just you're down in the red zone, or you know, or you got a, a fourth and short, or anything. I mean, you just gotta you gotta utilize that talent, and he's got to get him involved early on. 
I could see DJ more kind of playing the, the you know, the, the progression role, um, you know, just, just learning as he goes, and he's not going to get in the spotlight. But if we were drafting a 12-team PPR fantasy league right now, um, I would probably, towards the later rounds, maybe the last or second to last round, I would definitely take a, a flyer on Parkinson just because, like I said, you know, um, Disley's only played two games at a, you know, 32 in the last year um, or two years. And, and I just don't see, I don't see Pete Carroll not trying to utilize that kind of, of a physique as, as quickly as possible. Uh, fair enough. All right, so let's get into the main point of this conversation. We're here to talk about records, schedule, and everything like that. So Pro Football Focus has the Seattle Seahawks ranked 13 in strength of schedule. We've said it on the show a couple times now. In the NFL, there is no such thing as an easy schedule. But if, you know, ranking it by difficulty, they're right there in the middle of the pack. So uh, let's just do it. What's your record prediction, or what are some games you're excited for? Uh, to be completely honest, the 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 biggest game I'm excited for is Week One Seahawks in Atlanta. Uh, I love what Dan Quinn did uh, with his time in Seattle. I I still have a ton of respect for the guy. You know, living down south and and being from the Northwest and and being a you know a fan of a Northwestern team. You know, you know I I you, always Dan Quinn might be able to come back to Seattle after this year anyway. So. I I would be ecstatic, you know. I just but I but I love that rivalry, you know. It's it's like a uh, it almost kind of seems like a like a Karate Kid type thing, you know. Pete Carroll's Mr. Miyagi and and Dan Quinn is is Daniel's son, you know. I like to see mentor going against student, you know. Uh, so that's the the game that I'm that I'm most excited to watch is is Week One, um, you know. And you got to love a, a game in the dome in downtown Atlanta. I was fortunate enough to go one when Vic had first signed with the Eagles and his first game back down there. And just the, the way the city just comes to life during a, during a game down there was getting to experience. That was amazing. Um, schedule wise for the Seahawks this year is, eh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I moved to Nevada a few years ago and yeah, I play fantasy football and there's, there's times I'll go across the street on Sunday to the casino, to the William Hill, you know, counter, and I'll, I'll play some bets on some football and everything. So as much as I love to be a fan, you know, I'm very optimistic for my team. Obviously I wish that they would go 16 and 0 and then just run through and win the Super Bowl, but I'm a little more of a realist nowadays, I feel. But if I had to pull a hundred dollars out of my wallet right now and walk down to a casino and, and put a bet down, I, I wouldn't bet that the, the Seahawks don't win more than nine games next year. Whoa. Hey, that, that, that just threw, uh, that threw us for a wrench right there. I tell you what, well, I had my mic yeah. muted, but I reacted pretty loudly to, the, to that. <laughs> we were, we, we were pretty shocked about know. that one. We've we've got the we've got the thirteenth you know hardest ranked schedule this year. Last year we were at we were sitting at twenty five. Um, our opponents average you know uh, four seventy nine. This year our our combined you know opponents win percentage is just over five hundred. And like I said, I mean we've we've got a young team. We've we've we're 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 on the cusp of like two different edges here. We're we're really young and we're really old. You know, we've got veteran linebackers with, with Wright and, 
Kendricks and Wagner, um, but we've got a very young secondary. We did get Quentin. Um, I think that Russell is coming into his prime personally, but like I said, with the with the adaptation of these college quarterbacks nowadays, a lot of these teams, you know, you got your Kyler Murrays and your Deshaun Watsons and your Lamar Jacksons and your Josh Allens. These these teams are really focusing on stopping the the quarterback from just running all over the place. And so I, I really feel like Russell is going to have to depend more on he's he's going to have to make bigger plays from the pocket. His mobility, I think, is not going to be as big of a factor this year. Um, we've we've got a young team, and uh, I just on paper, like I said, I I would be very surprised. I, as much as I would love to see them <laughs> run through it all. If if they win more than than nine games this year, I'll I'll be ecstatic. So, well, I uh, I've had you guys going twelve and four. Um, I looked at your schedule and like it might be ranked thirteenth. But if you look, if you look at your first eight games, you had the potential to go seven and one or one and seven. You look at your back half. There's really no reason or excuse for you to go anything less than six and two. I mean, your last eight games you play. Rams, Cardinals, Eagles, Giants, Jets, Redskins, Rams, Niners. I mean, you're playing the, I mean, let's just face it, the Eagles, Giants, Jets, and Redskins. I mean, I mean, the Eagles is a, you know, that's a, that's a swing game, but. Why do you think the Eagles are going to be bad this year? They won the division last year with so many injuries. (laughs) Look, man, I look, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm going to, I'm going to hate the Eagles naturally. Look, I just well, that's a that's a conversation for later. I just think the Eagles are gonna be terrible this year. I mean, I can't well, wait for the Eagles. Episode. I show we looked at that you. schedule. We looked at that <laughs> schedule, and I you even, oh, dude, that schedule was tough. You know, the the biggest the biggest thing that scares me about our schedule is uh, is our own division. To be honest with you, and it's getting tougher. You know, last yeah. year we we had we had five losses, but four of those five losses were at home. You know, we're supposed to. I, I feel like the, I hate to say it, you know, but I'm, I'm just trying to be, you know, like I said, a realist. I, the, the Legion of Boom, you know, kind of era, it just, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't lose four games at home, you know, and now we've got, we've got Arizona, you know, their, their defense has always been in the, the bottom, you know, of the barrel is, you know, for these past <laughs> decades. <laughs> Yeah, um, exactly. But you know, we've we've got uh you know, we've got Kyler Murray, we've got DeAndre Hopkins, they've got Kenyon Drake who exploded last year. Los Angeles, they've you know, they parted ways with Gurley. Their their defense is still phenomenal. Uh Goff is is an underrated quarterback in my mind. Cup was injured a lot last year. And then San Francisco. I mean, God, you know, it seems like San Francisco just walks out and and uh, just grabs a random person off the sidewalk, and they walk in and put up 200 yards rushing. It doesn't matter who it is, plus their defense. You know, you got Bosa, and you got you know their linebacking core, and uh, you know I think years ago when when they had the the quake in New Orleans, when when Marshawn Lynch, you know, he broke like a hundred tackles and ran for that touchdown. Well, people forget, you know, we we skimped into the playoffs with a seven and nine record. Oh, trust and, me. I remember that one because y'all end up beating the the damn Cowboys with that was the infamous Romo fumble. I, I don't, I won't forget yeah. that. 
Yeah, you know, and and you know, we still got to play Green Bay, and you know, Rogers, he's he's coming into, you know, he's deciding whether or not he's going to stay, and I, I just I I I think that even last year, Green or San Francisco finished thirteen and three, and we still made it into the playoffs for eleven and five, but. I can see the Cardinals sneaking up. I can see the Rams being more dominant than they were supposed to be last year compared to the year before. And I can see San Francisco not, not slowing down. So, you know, a, 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 an 11 and five record might not cut it this year. You know, it's, it's really kind of the, the NFC over here is, is really kind of becoming the cream of the crop. And as far as overall consistency, when you think of four teams that are just, it's uh it's scary. Like I said, um, you know, looking at Arizona, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and and we got to be the, the the better ones out of that group. It's going to be a tough challenge. So, all right, so we are um we are running low, low, low on time here. We got about two minutes before this recording cuts off. But um, before we go, I would just want to just say I have the Seahawks going ten and six. And with that, I'll say, Danny, we appreciate you coming on with us today, man. No, thank you. It was an honor, man. Like I said, I I think it's so cool you're doing this. Um, you know, I sports, they just they have such a way of bringing people of, you know, everybody together. Um, fantasy, you know, is, is just booming, and, and I love to see it. I've, I've read all of Matthew Berry's, you know, his, his origin story and everything, and man, I just, I, I really look forward to it, you know, and I think it's, uh, you know, there's, there's always going to be stuff going on in the world, but sports is supposed to be, you know, that, that outlet, you know, just kind of an escape. And just, just the fact that we're talking about it right now is just, is very exciting. You know, I just, I love it. Um, you know, there's nothing better than going out in the yard and throwing a football with your kid or watching the game, you know, a Sunday night. I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's a it's a vital piece of Americana, I think. So, one hundred percent, my brother. All right, guys, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, the Arizona Cardinals. Are you looking to add a little bit of magic to your life? If so, maybe I can help. Hi, my name is Allie Sutherland, and I am an authorized Disney vacation planner as well as a Universal Studios specialist with Glass Slipper Concierge. As a travel agent, I help my clients personalize and plan their magical vacations down to the tiniest details. Through extensive training, I'm equipped to book all Disney destinations, including Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, and more, as well as Universal Studios and Universal's Islands of Adventure. And the best part of it, my services are completely complimentary. If you're looking to plan your next happily ever after, you can reach me via email at Allie, A-L-L-Y, at glassflipperconcierge.com, or you can direct message me via Facebook at Adventures with Allie, specializing in Disney destinations and more. It would be a great honor to assist you in your next adventure. And always remember, you got a friend in me. All right, thanks for staying with us, everybody. Before we get started with the Arizona Cardinals, we want to shout out one of our incredible sponsors over at Bo's Restaurant on 2304 Thomas Drive here in Panama City Beach, Florida. So I went over there yesterday. Uh, we recorded our first segment for this episode on Friday. We're recording this one on Sunday. Had a little softball tournament on Saturday, eight-hour layover between games. I was able to go over there and talk to Chef Chris for a little while. Tried their breakfast again, which they have so many different things. There's always something different. And I got a little bit of information from them because what they do there is they, they're starting to book like private parties and stuff. 
So I, so I told him that I'm going to make sure I mention this on this episode. So it's called Custom Private Parties by Chef Chris. He will do your wedding, your birthday, your anniversary, any other celebration. And they also do something now called a hook and cook, which if you if you've never heard of a hook and cook, if you come into the Bay County area, we have charter boats here and you can go fishing with the whole family and you can keep your fish. And instead of wasting it, because if you're staying in a condo or even if honestly, even if you live by yourself and you really don't feel like cleaning all that damn fish, you can take this to Chef Chris and they will cook your food for you. They will clean it. They will gut it. They will cook it and they will serve it to you. Uh, all the prices are custom. The menus custom, absolutely everything you could ever want in a private party. So if you need more information on that, call chef Chris over at Bose at eight, five, zero seven, seven, five, one, eight, two, eight. All right. So we are going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals in this segment and Marcus got us a Arizona Cardinals fan, which we didn't know existed. But uh, welcome to the show, Jeremy Ayala. How are you, buddy? Doing well. How are you guys? Hey, not too bad, um, man. A long time no see. So, hey, thanks for coming on with us, buddy. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, not a problem, man. Hey, Jeremy, so tell everybody a little bit about yourself. So I'm Jeremy. I'm 26 years old. I currently live in Glendale, Arizona. I'm actually about about a five-mile drive down the road from State Farm Stadium where the Cardinals play. So I see the stadium all the time. Um, I'm Like Marcus, I'm also an Air Force veteran. I served alongside him two different deployments. Um, I've been a Cardinals fan for, I'd say, close to 15 years now. I was a huge Kurt Warner fan growing up. So when Kurt Warner came to Arizona, I followed him to Arizona. And I've, as, as many bad years as we've had, I've been hooked ever since. They're a fun team to watch, man, and they have, in my opinion, like just the most loyal NFL player of all time with Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I've always had a little bit of a soft spot in my heart for the Cardinals, and I'm excited to see what seems to be the beginning of an upward trend for that franchise. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter who you're a fan of in the NFL. You you like Larry Fitzgerald. He's just a, a humble, classy human being, and not to mention, you know, he's also a pretty good football player, and he, he has been for a while. So Fitz, I mean, we can't we can't say enough about him here in Arizona and honestly across the NFL. But as you mentioned, yes, I'm hoping this is the start of an upward trend. We've we've dealt with so many bad years. It's about time we have some good good stuff happen to us for one. Just a, uh, I'm going to throw it to you, Marcus, if you want to get going here in a second. But just a little crazy stat on Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald has more career tackles. Then he does drop passes. There's something yeah. a little, there. it's, something it's little probably crazy one of the there. craziest things, especially with a wide receiver. But yeah, it's 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 awesome to see. Definitely a first first ballot Hall of Famer. Arizona put better put a statue of him outside there. But all right, man, let's go ahead and start with these first couple questions we got for you. I want to start with possibly what's one of the most lopsided trades I've personally have ever seen. I mean Let's face it, you gave up an injury-prone, overpaid David Johnson, and you received one of the best, who I honestly believe is the best wide receiver in the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins. As a fan, how excited are you to have him paired up with Kyler Murray? I'm ecstatic. I mean, when I first saw the trade, I was I probably shared the same feelings as the rest of the country. I was in disbelief. I couldn't believe that that we'd got the DeAndre Hopkins 
And I, I had to pinch myself to make sure I wasn't dreaming. And I had to check multiple sources to make sure this was a sure thing. But <laughs> once I saw it was a sure thing, my next thought immediately was, oh, great. What did we have to give up to get someone like DeAndre Hopkins? And then once I saw what we gave up, it was the same feelings over again, disbelief, shock. I was like, no, that can't be right. That's, that's all we gave up to get him. And, but no, that's, I mean, that's all we gave up to get him. And I, I don't know what the Texans were doing. Honestly, I don't know what Bill O'Brien saw in that trade. Um, I was a David Johnson fan, but kind of like you touched on, he was very injury prone and, it seemed as if once we get after we gave him that massive contract, he his interest kind of waned a little bit and he kind of seemed a little more injury prone and a little less inclined to play. So that kind of rubbed myself and many other Cardinals fans the wrong way. And I was, I mean, I'm still to this day, three months later, I still cannot believe he's on our team. And I, I know he's going to be the, the focal point of our offense for many more years. And I, I'm super stoked about that. I'm excited about the pairing with Kyler Murray, but I'm more excited to think about Larry Fitzgerald on one side of the field, DeAndre Hopkins on the other side. And, you know, as far as trading away David Johnson, I mean, I liked David Johnson too. He was, uh, there was at one point where, what, for two years in a row, David Johnson was the unanimous number one overall pick in fantasy football leagues everywhere. But, you know, as as the injuries kept stacking up and stacking up, it just became <laughs> – more and more irrelevant that he was not going to end up there. And it's not like they're losing much in that because uh, Kenyon Drake comes in from Miami last year. Uh, good job, Dolphins, on yet another fantastic trade. I'm a Dolphins fan, if you didn't know that, Jeremy. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, anyway, so Kenyon Drake comes on in the last, like, what, four to six games last year and just absolutely erupts in Arizona. And I think that that's a trend that we're going to continue to see this year. And – I mean, I don't think they really lost much in David Johnson. They pretty much got Hopkins for free. I could agree. I mean, I and kind of like you touched on that trade for Kenyon Drake. I mean, all we gave up was a six-round pick for him. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but he <laughs> once he came to Arizona and he was getting a consistent role here in the offense and he was the featured back, he just – yeah, he took off. He had that game against the Browns where he ran for four touchdowns and like 150 yards, something crazy like that. And then yeah, also that was a, that was against me in fantasy football. I, I played against the guy who had him in the finals, and I was so pissed off. <laughs> well, you're welcome for that too. <laughs> but also, uh, Chase Edmonds, our backup, he's a very solid backup as well. And he he had a game last year against the Giants where he ran for four touchdowns, and he was I, that was a, a homecoming for him. You know, he went to Fordham University in New York and playing against the Giants in in East Rutherford. That was a homecoming for him, so he absolutely had a better incentive that day to to pick up the the slack over in the running back department and he had four touchdowns so it's it's not out of not completely out of reality to say we almost have two starting running backs in Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds and so we just didn't have the room for David Johnson at that point and not to mention Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds aren't getting hurt every five minutes that's true that's true enough. All right, so let's move on here. You picked up somebody who is considered the most versatile defensive player in this dra- this past NFL draft, eighth overall with Isaiah Simmons, linebacker from Clemson. Marcus and I are both Florida State fans. We know way too much about Isaiah Simmons, and we're glad to see him gone from Clemson for sure. But you also took Josh Jones, offensive tackle from Houston, who was who had the highest graded uh, 
who had the who was the highest graded tackle on the Pro Football Focus last year with 93.2 overall grade. So which of those two players do you think is going to contribute more to the team this upcoming season? You know, that was that was a question I, I struggled with trying to come up with an answer, but I'd almost be willing to say Josh Jones. And the reason being is that in addition to the draft, the Cardinals really overhauled the linebacker position. We struggled mightily last year, and it's no surprise how bad we were at covering tight ends. That It was historically bad. So the main goal this offseason was shoring up the defense and getting linebackers in who can cover tight ends and shut them down. And we did that by signing Devon Kennard from the Lions, who's an Arizona boy, and Devondre Campbell from the Falcons, who's a known tight end shut down guy. So Isaiah Simmons, or Vance Joseph rather, he said he wants to play Isaiah Simmons at linebacker. So that kind of creates, I think, a little bit of a crowded room in the linebacker department. So it's possible he could struggle there because he's competing with other linebackers. Whereas Josh Jones, he's just going to be a plug and play guy. He's starting from day one. He has no competition. He he needs to be on the offensive line day one protecting Kyler. So I, I would almost say Josh Jones, at least off at, at the start, he'll have a bigger impact and he will contribute more. So I'm going to go with uh, Josh Jones as well. Just some interesting things for you. There were three quarterbacks that were tied for most sacks in the NFL in 2019. Matt Ryan, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson all had 48 sacks. Of those three, Kyler Murray is the only one who was blitzed less than 200 times. He was blitzed 151 times and he had 48 sacks. That's basically you know, 33% of the times that they blitzed him, he was sacked. He also had the... Um, the lowest pocket time is what's 2.3 seconds. So that could definitely contribute to having a very, very poor offensive line. Um, upgrading your offensive line, obviously, if you watch football, if you have a good offensive line, your offense does well overall. I mean, that's just how it works. And if you have more time with the offense, your defense gets rest. So ultimately, it makes your defense even better. Uh, this not even taking anything away from Isaiah Simmons' ability as a linebacker and safety corner, anything he wants to play. Future pro um, bowler. He, no doubt. Future, yeah, no doubt. Future pro bowler. It's not taking anything away from him, but to, as far as contribution to the Arizona Cardinals needs, Josh Jones is going to come in and help Kyler Murray. And you've got to do everything you can to help that man out. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a great player. So you've got to get those sacks down. And if you get those sacks down, you get more wins. Plain and simple. Exactly. So, I mean... Last year, Kyler was flushed out of the pocket so many times, and it was just a, a sore spot. The offensive line was just awful and dealt with a lot of injuries, too, in rotation, so they couldn't get comfortable together. So hopefully Josh Jones can kind of set the precedence for that. Right, right. All right, let's keep, let's keep talking about Kyler Murray, man. He's given so much flack from the draft about his height. He, then he crushed it his rookie year, ended up winning the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, going forward, what kind of expectations do you have from your QB one? I I expect him to just keep trending upward. I mean, he he even exceeded my expectations last year. I try to keep him relatively low. You know, having the pressure of being a number one overall pick and being a quarterback and starting from day one on a team that desperately needed a leader on offense. So and he even exceeded my expectations, and he carries himself so well. He's really mature. He's you listen to press conferences he gives. He's always 
a we not me guy he's about the team it's not about him it's about those around him and he carries himself with such poise and confidence and it doesn't come off as being arrogant or cocky or anything negative and now that they're putting more weapons around him and in front of him to block i he can only get better but the only thing that i really had a knock on him last year was his inability to really to really diagnose when a play was just busted and he'd get flushed out of the pocket and he'd be running around and instead of just throwing the ball away he would take a four or five yard loss for a sack by either running out of bounds or he'd just fall down and get touched for the sack and that drove me nuts i mean it happened a lot so if he can recognize that as well when the plays it's just nothing's happening just throw the ball away take the l and move on then that will benefit him greatly as well and then obviously you won't lose four or five yards on silly sacks when you could have just thrown the ball away but overall i expect him to continue trending upward he's i i wouldn't say 25 touchdowns passing and six or seven rushing is out of the question easy you know he reminds me a lot of guys like ej Manuel, tyrod taylor that kind of quarterback who they, they won't they're not going to throw for 500 yards they're not going to throw six touchdowns. They're not going to throw six interceptions either. You Sometimes, I don't know, it's frustrating to see your quarterback stand back and take a sack, which is exactly what those other two guys that I just mentioned did. But Kyler Murray does not make a lot of mistakes either. So I, I don't know. Like, you, Do you want a guy like Jameis Winston who's going to throw the ball and it might be going back the other way? Or do you want your quarterback to take a 10-yard sack? I, I don't know, man. It, it, that's a tough decision. But as far as the height difference goes uh, – Listen, who, two of the top three quarterbacks in the league right now are both under six foot. Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, they're both short guys. I, I don't think that height has so much to do anymore. I think we're seeing the game change so much where, hell, being a shorter quarterback might even be better for an offensive or for an offensive perspective, if you if that makes any sense. But for Kyler Murray this coming season, I, I just expect him to get better. I mean, it's kind of like what we were talking about with uh, – with one of the other quarter, I can't remember who we were talking about. Baker Mayfield, actually, ironically enough, another Oklahoma Heisman winner. It, there's almost no excuse this year. I mean, you got you know one of the top ten wide receivers of all time and a top five wide receiver in the game today on the same team. You've got a good. I mean, we're going to see a full year out of Christian Kirk too, and that's going to be cool. And you know, Kenyon Drake's a great pass catcher coming out of the backfield. There's almost no excuse but to get better for Kyler Murray this year. Absolutely. I mean, the weapons, some weapons were there last year. And now this year, it's they're locked and loaded even more. And obviously, having DeAndre Hopkins will, will just will just take things to the next level. And, you know, DeAndre is so smart and he can help Kyler kind of see different schemes or help him kind of open his mind more on what to look for. In addition to having Larry Fitzgerald in one ear and then DeAndre Hopkins in the other. I mean, you can't go wrong there. And kind of, as you mentioned, with his height only being, what, 5'10 or 5'9, whatever he is. And, you know, I, the jokes and the memes, they are funny. I'll, I'll laugh at them. I'll admit. And, <laughs> and they are kind of, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll admit I laugh at them. I find them amusing. But, I mean, it is a little bit of a gripe because you see all these quarterbacks are so tall, well over six foot. And then you have, have him and, like you said, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, who are on the shorter side. They make it work. They make it work, and Kyler showed even in year one he can make it work, even with taller offensive linemen that he might have <laughs> trouble seeing over. He still makes it work. Absolutely. 
All right, so let's go to the whole meat of this conversation, the whole point that we're doing this. We're going to talk about this schedule here and kind of just talk about win and loss predictions. It's a very, very full schedule of what I like to call on this show swing games, games that can go in either direction. Um, obviously, very, very tough division. Seattle's getting better. Well, I don't know. Seattle's kind of on a downward slope, as we were just talking about, but Seattle is still Seattle. San Francisco is still San Francisco. Uh, even though they lost to Forrest Buckner, they've still got a couple of great pieces on that defense. And the Rams are still have one of the best defenses in the NFL as well. So let's, let's talk about it. What do you? Uh, how do you have your Cardinals doing this year as far as wins and losses go? I mean, I would kind of like you said, it, it's a lot of games that go either way. But realistically, I have them going 8-8. Eight and eight. And I think 8-8 eight and eight is a very – is, is an improvement. I will absolutely take an eight and eight season and it will show if they finish eight and eight, I will have faith that we are trending in the right direction. But the big thing is the Cardinals have struggled in the division for the past two, three years. Now they just, they really struggle. And against the Rams, for some reason, the Rams are the one team, they just, they lose by an average of 15 points or something crazy. So I, I still have them struggling in the division just because I haven't seen enough in the previous years to, warrant them going in a different direction in divisional games now of course that may all change considering what we've done this off season but i have them going eight and eight i have them uh losing uh, the first game in san francisco and then i have them winning four straight against the redskins and lions and then at carolina at the jets and then marcus i'll give you this one we i have us losing against the cowboys in dallas i don't think we will win that one the offense is just too powerful there I, that will be a great test for the defense, but I don't know if they'll be up to that challenge. And then I have us losing at home against the Seahawks. Just, I don't know why. We played the Seahawks so great in Seattle. I don't know what it is, but whenever the Seahawks come to Arizona, it's the complete opposite. I do have us beating the Dolphins, but losing to Bill's Mafia. I, I know that place is going to get taken over with Bill's fans. I already know it. And then I, I, I'll have us winning at Seattle, keeping with the recent trend of whatever reason we always play well in Seattle, losing at New England, winning against the Rams, winning at the Giants, and then unfortunately a three-game losing streak to end the season against home against the Eagles, home against the 49ers, and at the Rams in LA. So I think eight and eight is a realistic expectation for this team going forward. Of course, that could swing mightily in either direction it could end up being five and eleven or i mean it could be eleven and five considering how this team wants to approach the season they had they went five what five ten and one last year and six of those ten losses were by single digits including a game where they lost at san francisco by 10 points but were winning in the fourth quarter and just choked the game away with the stupid prevent defense that never works so they had games last year as well where it was single digits. It was close games, and they played good, but they just couldn't come out on top. So I, I feel like that could be the mantra for this season as well. So I've got the uh, Cardinals going 7-9. and nine. Um, Ironically, a couple games that you said that they might win or lose, um, just to point out, I have you guys losing at Carolina. Um, I have you guys beating the Seahawks at home. I have you guys beating the Patriots on the road. Um, and I have you guys beating the Eagles at home. So it's just a couple of games. Like I said, like Kyle mentioned too, there's a lot of swing games for your schedule. Uh, you could potentially be 5-11, and 11, like 
again, or you could be a wild card team this year. There, there's no telling. But there's a there's a this is a good opportunity for y'all to have a big improvement this season. I, I honestly believe it. I do too. I mean, but again, it's just the defense was so bad last year, and they they were the reason why we lost games. So it will all hinge on the defense this year. And if having a full season of Robert Alford and having a full season of Patrick Peterson and having seen what Isaiah Simmons can do and Chandler Jones will be Chandler Jones. That man's from another planet, but the defense can't revolve around him. He needs help. So it all, I, I, I can't guess I can't say a hundred percent, but pretty close to hundred percent hinges on how the defense plays this year. Okay. Yeah. So I have seven and nine for Arizona. Um, Listen, this is a schedule like you guys have both mentioned already. This this could be a four and twelve schedule. This could be a five and eleven. Arizona could come out of this. I think the maximum I would give them is about ten and six, maybe nine and seven. Uh, but you know, I think seven and nine is very respectable for still a very young team. I think they're going to have some, uh, especially with everything going on right now, a little bit of chemistry issues, especially in the receiver core to get started. Um, I do have the. I've been losing three of the first four but I have them going on a nice uh, four-game winning streak late in the season against the against the Patriots, Rams, Giants, and Eagles. And I, I really think that this is a team that can shock some people. So I'm, I'm really, really excited to watch the Cardinals this season. They're definitely going to be one of the more interesting teams in the NFL, which is kind of crazy to be saying out loud. <laughs> you no, know, I, I find it crazy as well, just considering how recent years have gone and that one – absolutely disaster of a season under Steve Wilkes. I mean, that that's, I, I, I will never forget how bad that season was. And just knowing that was two seasons ago. And now here we are not even two years later, give or take talking about how this could be a, a sneaky wild card team. I mean, I, I can't believe it myself either, but it, it could happen, but they have to find a way to close games better. Cause that was their bugaboo last year. They just, they would, they would try to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory and it happened several times and it was just, it was so frustrating. So if they can really fix that, then I do believe they can challenge for a wild card. Fair enough. Well, Hey Jeremy, you got anything else you want to make sure you put out there? Um, I, what I can say is don't sleep on us. I mean, I, I think we can, we can have a good season. It all, like I said, it all depends on our defense. I think Isaiah Simmons can come in and make a difference. Maybe not right away, but at some point I think he will make a difference. And having the improved linebacker core to stop the tight ends from last year that just tore us apart left and right game after game. Having a full season of Patrick Peterson, a full season of Robert Alford, but even though he recovered from broken legs, let's kind of wait and see on that. The defense can only go up from here. And that, as long as the defense goes up, the offense will be right there. And as long as that happens, then I think we can be closer to a wild card team. So don't sleep on us. And I mean, we have DeAndre Hopkins. How could you not sleep on us? I mean, we've had quite a, <laughs> we've had we've had quite a few uh, fans on um, on here, and you know, everybody everybody has stated that you know don't sleep on their teams this year. So. You know, let's see which one of these teams we don't sleep on because we've had the Lions don't sleep on them, don't sleep on the Browns, don't sleep on the Cardinals, don't sleep on the Bengals. <laughs> I mean, even sleep you know, on them Dolphins. It don't sleep on the Dolphins. I mean, we're gonna we're, gonna, we're, gonna we're all gonna be wide awake. 
I mean, like, which <laughs> which team are we not going to sleep on this year? I mean, I think we're just all ready for football this year. I mean, I'm I'm really hoping that we get this thing going and we have some football, and hopefully, you know, maybe the Dolphins go seven to nine or eight and eight, and not you know, take for Trevor. <laughs> oh my God! Leave us leave us alone. <laughs> I think the Dolphins will be pretty good though. They'll be better. I think so too, man. I think they built up they built up a lot, especially on the defense. Uh, I'm actually really excited for that episode because we have another uh, local radio personality that's going to join us for that one, and it's going to be really fun. Well, hey, Jeremy, uh, we appreciate you coming on here today and giving us your time. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Keep up the great work. God bless. All right, God bless you, buddy. All right, guys, All right, we will be back. Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. We will be back on Thursday to cover the 49ers, the defending NFC champions, and the LA Rams. So we'll see you then.